This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're, 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 you're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. Hey, Buckeye fans, Nick Wilson, Spencer German, Sons of the Shoe. We ride again. As always, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, the free Odyssey app, 923thefan.com. Don't forget to follow 92.3 The Fan YouTube channel. Please make sure to leave your comments as well. We love reading your comments. You'll also see uh, both of us in the mentions going back and forth. We love a little bit of debate there. But big show for today. Not sure if you've heard about this. Have you seen about this? Have you heard about this? Uh, Jim Harbaugh is no longer at Michigan. Michigan has a new coach. Sharon Moore officially takes over. And uh, welcome in, Spencer German. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you too, Nick. It's it's been a bit. Obviously, I had to finish the show on Tuesday solo. I, I missed you, um, but I thought our conversation with uh, Raymond Harper was awesome. I thought he had some really good things to say, especially kind of just exploring Ohio State, embracing, if you will, this this new era of college football. So I'm, I'm glad to be back with you, man. You know the amount of questions I got at at Roman Harper's uh, name that he submitted there, which I think was like. Romeo Gonzalez or Romeo Gutierrez. <laughs> That's right. It was Romeo and it Gonzalez. threw everyone <laughs> off, which only made it funnier. Like that kind of stuff, like like the fact that people thought we brought on somebody masquerading as Roman Harper <laughs> and that that was his it, like that was his real name in there only made it funnier to me. But Roman was fantastic. We, we you know we've been talking about it all week. Some of the things that he said, his uh you know, there were some Browns fans not too happy. When because you know he had said Caleb Downs is going to be the highest drafted Buckeyes defensive back ever. Yeah. A little known fact: Denzel Ward went fourth to the Browns back in 2018. So it was funny to watch some of the because you know Roman likes to eh, throw his little jabs there. He threw a couple jabs in it. <laughs> he 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 equally Ohio State fans. Uh, sorry, Ohio State fans of the station loved it, 
and also we're like, ah, bleep that guy. And that's personally, yeah. that's right the place where I want our guest to be. I think one of my favorite ones, and actually it was in the clip that we shared, um, he kind of took it, he kind of mentioned, you know, and hey, he's coming to Ohio State courtesy of Alabama. So you're welcome. Like he was like, it was like him. He, it, we, we had him to thank for this. It was, it was awesome. I loved it. It was, it was great. So the big news of the week, obviously, is Jim Harbaugh has finally made his decision. And I, I want to start here. I thought Harbaugh played the situation post-national championship as well as you possibly could. I think he had perfectly leveraged Michigan to get every single thing, including some sort of immunity from getting fired from the, the stallion stuff and the scandal stuff. I thought he leveraged Michigan beautifully that if he had gone back to Michigan, he would have gotten everything he wanted. And I also think he was leveraging, or his agent was, leveraging the Michigan position to get everything he wanted with the Chargers, which I think, you know, if you're going to go back to the NFL, I just think it's really kind of interesting that a year ago, Jim Harbaugh was cold calling. He was a telemarketer on his own behalf, trying to get teams to interview him. And that's how things kind of transpired with uh, Minnesota and the job that went to Kevin O'Connell uh, two years ago now, I guess. And now here, uh, was a year later, after really getting no interest last year, all of a sudden he's able to leverage what is a pretty good job going into walking into with yeah. Justin Herbert, where the number one question on every roster in the NFL is already answered for you with having a quarterback like that. I, I think you're right that he he leveraged the situation perfectly. I, I, I kind of look back at like three key moments for me that made me feel like this was, I, I guess four, that really made me feel like this was going to be the the year that he actually made that leap back to the NFL. The first thing I think was just two, uh, twofold. You start the season with the the suspension that he had for the cheeseburgers that he bought the recruits and all this different stuff. And that was such. It's not about the cheeseburgers. It's about the lying. <laughs> well, yeah, the lying. But regardless, that was the first thing. You couple that then with the the eventual suspension that he served for the Connor Stallion situation. And that to me was like red flag number one. This guy has to be so fed up with the the NCAA just riding his ass every single year for something just because they don't like Jim Harbaugh and somebody's out to get him and they're trying to run him out of this league or whatever. So those, that was the first thing. The second thing was when uh, Don Yee – was brought on at his eight, and I might have these out of order, but that he brings in Don Yee to be his agent. You don't bring in Don Yee to be your agent unless you're looking to go make that leap to the NFL. The third thing was the fact that there was these reports that there was a deal on the table, and like to your point, Michigan was ready to give him the the moon and the stars and the sky and everything to keep him at Michigan, but there was one stipulation that he wasn't allowed to pursue an NFL job this this cycle. And the fact that there was all these reports that he was kind of like, ah, you know what, I'm going to leave it on the corner of my desk and I might come back to it later. That kind of told me all I needed to know. And then to me, like the last draw really was him winning the national championship because mm -hmm. I like to, to your point, he was cold calling NFL teams a year ago to try to get, to try to make that leap. He was like, Oh, you know, you want me for these reasons to win the national championship was like the full circle of, okay, now we can't ignore this guy anymore. Like it, it, it went from him having a cold call to now there's actually a market for this guy. Okay, he's proven that he can still do this thing. He's proven he can still win at this level. Let's bring him back to the NFL where he also proved that he can win. 
Um, and he accomplished the greatest thing you can in college football. So yeah, let, let's do it. So I, I think it was kind of like a slow rolling progression of things. There's like little dominoes. There were breadcrumbs that fell on the way, but it, it made total sense. And I'm not surprised that he, he used what was kind of coming his way at Michigan to his advantage. And it works out where he goes back to the NFL to your point, maybe the best job this cycle because of the fact that they have the quarterback situation figured out. Well, and there are two responses from Ohio State fans that I've seen that I either really like or really drive me crazy. The first one, and I want to get your take on it, was, oh, now I can like Harbaugh again. And I think that speaks to, like, yeah, there's the milk and steak thing. There he's in his jammies at a recruit's <laughs> house. You know, there is like an, a weird part of Jim, but he's always kind of weirdly charming. And, you know, like, I really like Jim as a head coach in San Francisco. I, I thought he was underrated. I thought what he did in San Francisco, I mean, taking over for a team that was perpetually a six-win team and taking him immediately to an NFC, NFC title game and, and salvaging the career of Alex Smith was incredible. So, like, I, there is a part of me that agrees with, even though the Browns and Chargers could face off in the playoffs next year and they do face off in the regular season, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I don't have to dislike him the way that I dislike him when that's the other head coach in the rivalry. I think that's probably fair. Um, I like, I can't think really back to hating Jim Harbaugh when he was with the 49ers. Um, I actually thought that teams in, in the NFL were sort of, were, were wrong in a way. I, first of all, I thought the 49ers were kind of wrong in the way that they drove him out of there, but it did kind of sound like, and this just kind of feels like par for the course with Harbaugh. Although He's leaving Michigan, it seems like, on better terms with his players and things like that. But I, it always kind of seemed like up until that point, wherever he left, it was just kind of this, okay, he's run his course, it's time to move on. Players and, and staff can only tolerate Jim Harbaugh for so long. But he goes out as a national champion, so clearly something was still working, and he then had all the power to kind of do what he wanted at Michigan if he had stayed. Um, but, yeah, like I, I thought that the 49ers were stupid for running him out for those reasons um, because I thought he was a really good coach. I know we always like to talk about how with, with the Browns connection, there's, there's apparently a trade in place to, to acquire him at one point towards the end of his time in San Francisco. So I, I think we would have loved it if he came and played and coached the Cleveland Browns and they had success because of it. Like nobody would have been mad or hating Jim Harbaugh then. So I've really only hated him the last nine years because he coached for that team. Like that was the main reason. Um, so I, I think there's probably some truth to the idea that, yeah, if he goes, if he goes now that he's going back to the NFL, um, not that you'll necessarily be raw, raw rooting for him, but you know, you're not going to be as bothered by the sight of him on the sidelines or his comments that he makes. And, and like, to me, to be honest, like Jim Harbaugh, he didn't even really start to bother me at Michigan all that much until the first, until he said the third base thing, that was the first time where it was like, okay, this is on now. It, it's going to be like that. Okay. And then it's kind of, slowly progress from there and then this year was like the most ridiculous stuff where it was oh we should be america's team because you know we we got in trouble or we got caught doing something that you weren't supposed to do like yeah okay buddy but um, you know what though real quick i think it's so funny i saw bro bible write a story on it i saw because uh, he made some comments to angelique i cannot remember her last name she's one of the big beat reporters up in ann arbor where he was talking about how you know, how innocent they were. And people still, every time he says they're innocent, people eat it up like absolute just goobers <laughs> as if on the way out, he's going to be like, by the way, 
Oz guilty. <laughs> Suck it, NCAA. I honestly, like that's, I, that's not really how people do things, okay? They don't admit guilt even if after they've left. I'm gonna be honest though. If he did that, I would probably admire him even more. I'm being, I'm being, because it would be, it would be such like a, you know what? You're right. We did cheat, and you know what? I got away with it, and now I'm gonna run off to the NFL and avoid all punishment. I so wouldn't even he care. would nuke, he would nuke the Michigan program in the process. <laughs> but you would like him a little bit more because it would be yeah. funny. Is that what? It would I mean, be funny I, I, and be it would hilarious. be honest. It would be funny and it would be honest, and I'd be like, I'm all for it. I love it. I, I, so, I. I <laughs> this does leave us with the take that annoys me from Ohio State fans, and it's not across the board. Which is? Which is, oh, thank God he's gone. Oh, we have a chance again. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> oh, see, guys. I thought, see, I actually think there's been a worse response. Like, I think that, I don't know if it was after they heard your rant on the subject or what, but after you ranted about Ohio State fans crying about the cheating scandal – I feel like that whole thing died down because we had to, we we had to get to a point where we uh, we had to just admit like, listen guys, they went and won the national championship after all this stuff was revealed and was out. You just got to tip your cap and say they were the better team, okay? And all of a sudden, all those people were right back out of the woodwork. I saw all these people who had like these graphics made that were like nine years at Michigan, and it was like loss, 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 vacated or forfeited. Uh, vacated, vacated, suspended. It was like all these people were trying to rub in the fact that the the wins are going to get vacated, and it was like, dude, we're still we're still trying this. We're still going with the vacated wins thing. That that's where we're at. So I actually thought that was the more annoying uh, response from a lot of Ohio State fans, rather oh. than Hallelujah, he's gone. No, blind hubris is exactly what we should do. When when people <laughs> responded, oh, we have a chance again. It's like you have no idea. Like, and, and then, listen, there are people who remember the days that I remember, which is Lloyd Carr kicking your ass up until Jim Tressel showed up in Columbus. So there are people who do. Remember. I'm not the only person, but there's a small segment of fans who don't remember what it was like for anything other than Ohio State beating that Michigan ass. And they've turned the last three years into a 20 year run by Michigan. And it's like, no. Listen, kudos to Michigan. You've won three straight years. And whereas last year or two years ago, you had the silver lining of how far you pushed Georgia in the first round of the playoffs. This year, I mean, they not only they don't not only beat you there um, at home by what six points, but then they went to the Big Ten title game. They got one of the four spots, and you stayed at home and lost to Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. But like, there is a part of me where like the it will it's not going to be the same when you beat your own more. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be fun, but like, to me, this is another feather in the cap of Ryan day haters who they're going to be able to use that. If let's say you beat Michigan next year, they're going to move the goalpost of, okay, now did you win a national championship? And if you don't, and even if you do, they're going to say, well, okay, but you beat Michigan with Sharon Moore, not Jim Harbaugh. And I just, as a competitor, I wanted to beat Jim once uh, one more time before he's shown the door. I hate being the guy on the other side where the narrative is, hey, he finally figured out how to beat you. He did it the last three times, and they pieced out to the NFL with, yeah. a, with a national championship ring. There's a part of that that, as a fan, bugs the living crap out of me. That That's annoying. And I, I, and I'm, I listen, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's it's the old, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? Like, you, you want to be the coach that's or the team that that's able to get one over on Jim Harbaugh again or get back to winning against him and prove that it wasn't just, you know, it was just three years that they had a really good team and you can get back and, and get back at him. I get that. I, I also think though, too, 
what is what has made me sort of i guess find solace in the that in him moving on and not being able to beat him next year and it being now a Sharon Moore led team is the idea that this is exactly how it played out with with Michigan right like it's 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 a role reversal and we hate to be on the other side of that and be in this role but by all accounts like we spent the last couple of weeks talking about all the decisions that have kind of been made since Michigan won and the, the players that they brought in, the coaches that they brought in, all this different stuff. Like it's triggered this, this new life into the rivalry and this new life into Ohio state. Like it's, it's the, it's the, it's, I don't want to call it a pass into the baton per se, which by the way, uh, there was a clip over the weekend, Jim, they were over analyzing this. I saw somewhere uh, Jim Harbaugh was at like some pro life event speaking and somebody interviewed him about like, oh, how are you getting ready for next season? And he used the phrase, yeah, you know, there's like a passing of the torch. And everyone was like, oh, so he's definitely leaving then. And, and it was like overanalyzed. I think what he meant more was like, I talked about this on the other, the last episode, but I think it was more like a passing of the torch for the guys that are leaving the program. But it is kind of ironic that now he is leaving. Anyway, um, it's just kind of like that natural progression of the rivalry, though, where it's like, okay, you had Michigan's number for all these years with Urban Meyer. They had no answers. They stuck with him, and then Urban Meyer left, and he finally figured it out. Now the same thing is being – so So to me, like, it's not something that you can throw back in my face like, oh, well, you didn't beat him when it was Jim Harbaugh because we said the same thing about Urban Meyer, and did it matter? Did, did anybody Was anybody caring that Jim Harbaugh didn't beat Urban Meyer for five straight years when they were hosting a national championship a couple weeks ago? Nobody gave two shits. So – it's the same sort of thing. If Ohio state goes to win the national championship next year, I'm not going to give a rip that we get to see there. And say, like, well, let's put an asterisk on it. Cause you didn't actually beat Jim Harbaugh like bullshit. They, they won the game. It's the same exact thing. Nobody cares how, how you get there. It's just about getting there or they should. I would, at least. I would like to point out that it's very funny that the cold war from Ohio state side of thing. I mean, there is all this money that they pumped into getting guys who yeah. are draft eligible back. They put all this money into the portal. They made sure they spent uh, much of December recruiting and keeping Jeremiah Smith and and Houston and all these guys locked in to Columbus instead of preparing for the Cotton Bowl. And then it's it's like if you're preparing for a Cold War with Russia, and then it's like, oh, by the way, your new opponent, your next opponent is Turkmenistan. Like we're <laughs> like you're you're about to walk in to Columbus next year against Michigan, losing like 40 guys from their roster. You know, they're replacing the quarterback. I know that they're bringing back the defense, but Jesse Minner's probably going to the NFL with Jim Harbaugh and you're going to w- roll in with an army and it's going to be like one guy with a BB gun saying, "Hey. <laughs> hey, don't you do it. I'm going to get you because I'm Michigan now. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I, I specifically spent all this money to beat the ass of Russia. Well, I mean, if they still beat their ass, it'll still be whatever. I, I don't know. I, I get, I listen, I, I hundred percent understand what you're saying on. And this is kind of, it goes back to the conversation we had a couple episodes ago about, does it lessen the win if it's not against Jim Harbaugh? There's, there's some fans that feel that way and they will no matter what. But to me, it, it just speaks to this kind of life cycle of the rivalry that we've now seen play out in real time where, Ur, where urban had, had Harbaugh's number Harbaugh had day's number. And now day better, better be able to prove that he's got Sharon Moore's number and maybe whoever comes after that as a head coach, if he does, um, because otherwise he's going to be looking for a job himself next year. So I, like 
I don't know. I, I think that we've gotten the rivalry to a place where it's healthy again. It's it's competitive between both teams. And I can't really ask for much more. I like we we kind of wanted this in some ways. I'm not saying we want to see Michigan win a championship, but we always said like at some point they got to get back into this thing. And and we had we used to have conversations about well, was it still a rivalry when we're kicking their ass every year? Ha ha ha. Now we can't do that anymore. So I, I don't know. I think it's just all kind of part of the life cycle of this thing. And again, I think the the pressure is still there for Ryan Day to prove it because he he knows if he does it next year and he does lose to Shiro more technically for a second time because he coached this year's team against them, then uh, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a different conversation for sure. All right, guys. We are going to pass the torch to Sharon Moore. We also have to pass the torch in the Big Ten. But how do you feel now that Jim Arbaugh is no longer at Ohio State? Leave the comments in the uh, section on 92 Through the Fans YouTube channel or at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore on X. But first, a word from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we are back, and we are now talking about the state of the Big Ten. You had one more thought, though, you wanted to get to on Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL. Yeah, because like the idea that fans are Ohio State fans, especially, are still pointing at this whole cheating thing, and oh, well, Michigan's going to get punished or whatever. I just want to say I found it interesting because there was reports early on in this this Connor Stallions process that Jim Harbaugh wouldn't be able to find refuge in the NFL if he left. And I haven't heard a peep about that since since this whole interview process started, since he's been hired for several days now. I haven't heard anything about it either. So like that, I think that was just bullshit from the beginning. And I honestly think it's fine that he 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 like he should be able to find refuge in the NFL. Why should the NFL have any reason to suspend Jim Harbaugh for something stupid? that happened in, in college, uh, like especially something that like they have no jurisdiction over. Everybody knows that the, the NCAA is a house of cards anyway, and they don't really rule with an iron fist whatsoever. It's all just BS. Like it, it made no sense to me that if he went to the NFL, they'd find a way to like back channel, oh, you're suspended for X amount of games because the NCAA said so. Like, no, I understand that people think like the NFL enjoys the fact that they have a free minor league system that feeds into them. So they're not going to do anything to ruffle those feathers. But guys, if they found out that they could put games on Saturdays during the fall and the peak of college football season, and, and, and it would be, if they really wanted to, 
they could compete with college football and it would still do numbers. Like they don't give a shit about anybody. I don't care what anybody says. That's the NFL. They just don't very much a potty mouth in this show. That's three, that's three (laughs) S's for you, young man. It's a Friday night. I'll let it slide, but easy up on that. I, you know, my ultimate goal is I think it'd be the funniest troll move in history if Jim Harbaugh hired Connor Stallions as one of his scouts, <laughs> I think it would be that so would be funny, funny because all the uh, the pious beat writers in college who, I mean, the Greg Doyles of the world who cry tears and it's cheating, it's cheating, and they use heavy-handed language, and it's just a bunch of crap. I don't care about it. That's yeah. not why they won the national championship. I no. think it'd be friggin' hilarious. I almost, I almost fell to your, your level there. With a potty mouth, I think it'd be funny as hell if Connor Stallions was one of the, the the newest Chargers scouts this year. If he was, how many NFL teams like are double, triple checking him through security every time he comes? They're like, hey, no, it's legal now. Sure. That's true. John, yeah, actually, John Harbaugh did say that. Did you see that clip a couple weeks ago? Yep. They, they were like, oh yeah, uh, they were talking about the weather in Kansas City. He was like, yeah, we got some scouts going to that game to, to video stuff, and he's like. Which is legal, by the way, in the NFL. Oh, my God. So this now leads us with what I think is a pretty interesting question. And we're going to get to the Sharon Moore stuff in a minute. But with Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL, is Ryan Day the best football coach in the Big Ten? And remember, this now includes uh, UCLA, USC, Washington, and Oregon, just for what it's worth. Man, uh... Yeah, it's a good uh, the, the bringing out the other coaches or the other teams that are joining is is I think important. Um, I, I don't know if I'm willing to say, you know, I honestly think it might be Dan Lanning. If I'm being 100 percent honest, mm-hmm. uh, and there, I mean, there's a reason Bama wanted him. He I think is at the forefront of this movement that Ohio State is now sort of finally diving in the deep end with of the the NIL stuff and and trying to retain players through paying them even though it was so uh frowned upon for so many years and, and not the way to do things right um i i think it it, it I, I honestly think it might be dan lanning i'm trying to kind of go through them all in my head and think through who else well, would be up there i, I think well, Ryan Day is what, up there. how about this how about i go through every coach and you just give me a I mean, yes or no with hard. a little explanation yeah. on whether that coach is better than Ryan Day. I mean, I'm already going to say no on James Franklin. Wait, no, that. no, no, no. Don't you do that. Let me, let me. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to start at Illinois. Brett Bielema, better or worse than Ryan Day? No. Uh, worse. That's not an answer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Worse. No, that's not how <laughs> questions work. Uh, yeah, I would agree. All right. This one I actually think is fun. So simply because he had such success at the level he had. Kurt Signetti at Indiana. I see where you're going with that. Um, I'm not willing to say he's better than Ryan Day at this point, just because Ryan Day's resume speaks for itself. I mean, he's beaten all these other teams except Michigan the last couple of years. Um, and I think he's he's done some nice things at, at Indiana, but I'm not willing to put him ahead of Ryan Day. I think Signetti's going to be fun at Indiana. I don't know he's going to win enough to – to do what everybody wants, you know, to cause a kind of havoc that you could, but I think it's going to be fun. Um, but I, I think Ryan Day's better, by the way. Uh, so that's two, two, uh, two, two and oh, is what I was trying to say. Uh, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Is he a better coach? <laughs> maybe a better, maybe a better defensive coach. I'll, I'll give him that. I mean, I actually all- think, I think we've reached a point where Kirk Ferentz is actually incredibly underrated. But I, there's no way he's not better than Ryan Day. No. Ryan has had more success in his four or five years than than Kirk has in his. Here's, uh, 
Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Kirk Ferentz is better at getting more out of less than what Ryan Day is. Like Ryan Day to this point in the in the shadow of the born on third base comments from from Jim Harbaugh from seven years ago, he has had everything under the sun, all the resources, all the the weaponry, all the great talent to 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 do what he's done. And Kirk Ferentz just flat out hasn't, and he continues to find ways to win games he shouldn't and get his team to the Big Ten Championship game somehow, some of the worst Big Ten Championship games we've ever seen. But he finds a way to do it, so I'll give him credit for that. You ready for a tough uh, – so this, this is – you're still going to say Ryan Day. But I, I his his he actually has a case to be one of the more respected coaches in the Big Ten. Mike Loxley of Maryland. I like Loxley. He's, 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 he's won 23 games in three years. That's pretty impressive at Maryland. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he he, he feels like the right guy for that program. Um, and he's also, he's given some teams, some tests, uh, Ohio state included in recent years since he's been there. So yeah, I think, I think he feels like the right fit for that program. I don't know if I'm going to say he's better than Ryan Davis. Jonathan Smith, the newly minted coach of Michigan state. Uh, jury's still out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, my big thing with that is where he, was he again? He was at Oregon state. That's yeah. right. That's right. And so I think he's a nice coach, but I think it's going to be a uphill uh, climb there at Michigan state. Yeah, I, I completely, uh, honestly, I have, you forgot about him. I forgot, forgot about, about well, I forgot about him because Michigan state is just like not even registering in my, in my mind at this point, because they reached the lowest of lows or after they put Hitler on their scoreboard this year that I'm kind of like, ah, eh, they it's still tough. exist, huh? They're still, I, they're still a school up there in, in Germany in will attest. It's tough to come back from Hitler. <laughs> yeah. All right. It takes a long time <laughs> to rebuild after that. Uh, PJ Fleck at Minnesota. Is I've, Ryan Day I, a better coach? Yeah. PJ is like one of those raw, raw. Like he, I think, I think that's the thing that Fleck does better than Ryan Day. He has like the raw, raw stuff down. Like that video of, of Ryan Day kind of getting into the center of that circle and like, Riling the guys up like it just looked so it it just looked so like uh fake and you know like I like it it just didn't it was very cringy. Um but PJ Fleck, like him doing something like that, you'd feel like like he's he's the row the boat guy and he's out there with these team slogans and all this. So I think he does that maybe better than Ryan Day, but I don't think he's a better coach. I think PJ Fleck's a knob. Moving on, Nebraska's <laughs> Matt Rule is Ryan Day a better Ooh, head coach? So that's that's an interesting one because I do think I I do think Matt Rule is actually a really good coach, and um, we're gonna get a chance to see him with like a legitimate quarterback now. Because yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's Rayola, Rayola yeah. did go there. I know yeah. it was like between him and George, and he ended up going there. That's why Comicore didn't go there. So with a legitimate quarterback, I'm actually kind of nervous about them. Um, in the big 10 and in a couple in the next couple of years, if, if rule can really ramp up his recruiting and bring in some good guys around him. Um, but I, I think Matt rule is actually a good coach. You actually probably have a better read on Matt rule, even than I do having covered him during his Carolina Panthers days. But I mean, the fact that he rose as, as quickly as he did from Baylor got the job at, at in the NFL, I think speaks to him as a, as a coach in general. <sighs> I think well, I Matt Rule is a tremendous be... program builder. Yeah, I think he had no place in the NFL. I that's probably for him at Nebraska, but he's not better. He has not proven he's a better coach right now than Ryan Day is. He's a he's that's a fair. proven program builder. Yeah. He's not better than Ryan. He hasn't he hasn't been in the playoffs. You know, like his his teams his team success have come right before he jumped to another job. You know, he peaked Temple right before heading off to Baylor. He peaked Baylor 
right before heading off for Carolina. So I, I think this Nebraska job will go a long way into proving he's either a great college coach or just a really good program builder that gets places. And then, it. You know, he's a five to seven year guy and then on to the next school. David Braun at Northwestern, that's a one year deal. That's tough to say. Um, so we'll put him. James Franklin is James Franklin, a better head coach. Well, real quick, Day. going back to Northwestern, what's interesting is if if Pat Fitzgerald was on, was still there, which we don't need to get into all that, but um, that would actually be closer than I think people realize. Pat Fitzgerald has always gotten a lot of praise from his players, um, and Justin Fields even talked about it. like Justin Fields almost went to Northwestern because he wasn't highly recruited for a while coming out of high school and. Northwestern was like the one team that was kind of like looking at him. And so once he kind of got more names linked to him, it was over. But um, I think Pat Fitzgerald was actually a really good. Aside from. (laughs) I think Pat Fitzgerald is Kirk Ferentz in a purple uh, smock. (laughs) I I guess, you know, I'm I'm starting to regret this because I have to realize that uh, I have to come to terms with the fact that being a good head coach also means that you don't have going on in your program. What was going on in your program? And that yeah. wasn't great. So never mind. I take it all back. It's probably a smart call by you. <laughs> yeah, good, good, quick retraction. Erase that entire part of the section. <laughs> Don't run from it. Is James Franklin a better coach than Ryan? No. no. Well, all you have to do is throw out the record against Ohio State and Michigan in big games. Like Ryan Day is. Ryan Day does what James Franklin does in like every big moment in like the against Michigan. That's basically what it is. Like Ryan Day becomes James Franklin against Michigan, but he can't, James Franklin is James Franklin every single game. That's, that's you, you want to hear this? This is James Franklin's record at Penn State. 88 and 39. <laughs> Can you believe that? Like that is not that hey, is, no. Somehow he was in the running for the Alabama job though. Hey, listen, yeah, it's called his agent. Uh Purdue's Ryan Walters, he's only had one season on the job in any capacity. That's yeah. not um Greg Schiano at Rutgers. I think Greg Schiano is another one like uh, Kirk Ferentz who is really good at getting a lot out of less. And I think he would be better. I think he's better than that than at that than Ryan Day is. Um, but I think overall, like from a schematic standpoint and, and all that, I would probably still lean Ryan Day. All right. This one would have been really tough about a decade ago. Chip Kelly at UCLA. Oh, shit. I, there's a fourth these, shift. These new, these new teams, these new teams. Well, it, and also I think wasn't the reports this week that Chip Kelly might might get a look for the NFL gig. I, I think that is exactly yeah. what it might be. But I, um, I think he'll stay. I think he's got one yeah, more year, but yeah. he's got to win big this next year. I, yeah, he's not. I'll just tell you, he's he, not. He, he's not. But it is interesting because we know like what his what he what his offensive scheme used to be at in the college level was like he he changed the game right it was like all this hurry up stuff and and uh it was a lot of the stuff that that uh Nick Saban rallied against he hated like the pick plays and all oh, that's pass interference and then he sort of started to embrace it but like he changed college football in a lot of ways in terms of the way the offenses were run so it's crazy to think however long ago we would have thought differently about that but yeah right now I'm not willing to say that all right, now is when – okay, I'm going to give you one more before we get to the tough ones. Jed Fish at Washington. No, it's not. No, he's no. Ryan Day's a better coach. Jed's had three years at Arizona. If it was still Kalen DeBoer, I think it'd be worth debating. I think it'd be a real conversation yeah, with Kalen agreed, DeBoer. agreed. Hence but, why he got the Alabama gig. Right, I, but I think we, we need to see more before we can say that. All about right, Jed Fish. I don't know you being the Ohio State homer you are or ready for this one. 
But I'm going to give it to you. I'm, I'm, I, think, I think I know where you're going. And I'm Luke right. Fickle, Wisconsin. What's funny about this, and I sent you this the other night, is that Pete Thamel put out all the names of coaches that uh, would be linked, could be linked to the Michigan job. Uh-huh. And I had to laugh at the at the mention of Luke Fickle on that list because, man, you talk about things that you – like real trolling opportunities. Like Luke Fickle, if he actually had a chance to go to Michigan, like would he take that job just to get back at Ohio State for not giving him the job full-time however many years ago? And, I mean, it's his alma mater. It, he, it always sounds like he has he has eyes on maybe getting back at some point. But that would be an old, like the greatest pathway would just be like, oh, I'm going to go to Michigan and beat them up. And then they're going to be like, hey, you actually want to come back and, and flip the script here a little bit? So I thought that would have been hilarious. I think Luke Fickle is a great coach. Um, I think that he also is a, a real – you have to be a good recruiter to do what he did at Cincinnati and bring in the players that he brought in. So I think he has a really good eye for talent, which is something that I think puts him on par with, with Ryan Day. I'd like to see at a bigger program him like, like Wisconsin, him continue to have success before I think I put him over Ryan day. But I think like between him day and Lanning, I think those three are kind of near the top for me where it's, it's it's wanting to see a little bit more from, from fickle before I put him above those two guys. But I think like he's in the conversation. I think this year is a big year for Luke. It was, he's not Wisconsin born and bred, so the pressure on him is going to be – they were 7-6 and six last year. He's got to win 10 games this year to keep himself on solid footing. It's tough to be an outsider in a place like Wisconsin. All right. Here are the last two ones. One you've already mentioned, but I do want to get to – I think some people would point put Luke, uh, Lincoln Riley over Ryan Day. I disagree. Lincoln has had a lot of success. He has taken – you know, What would you say? With quarterbacks in particular. Yes. Well, but I mean, remember, he, he was in the playoffs, I think, twice with Oklahoma. Yeah. That that's 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 tough to do. I mean, even though it was at a time where Texas was taking a step back, what I will say is he has been an abject disappointment in in uh Southern California. I I still think he can coach, but like the bar has changed, and I just think like he, this is a dude that went 55 and 10 in five years at Oklahoma. He's already 19 and eight in two years. He already has almost as many losses in two years at USC as he did at, uh, at Oklahoma. I'll take Ryan day over Lincoln Riley right now. Did he make a mistake going to us like leaving Oklahoma? I mean, it got 10 years, $110 million. They That's bought his true. old house in Oklahoma <laughs> and they bought him a new house in California. Okay. Aside from like, from like a job standpoint though. Like, did he – like, cause um, I, because I wouldn't have thought, like, there's pressure at Oklahoma, but I feel like at USC, they, they're they in that same sort of territory that Texas was for a long time where it was, we think that this is the guy who's going to bring us back to prominence, right? And every year you think, like, oh, USC's back. They just said – they had Caleb Williams this past year coming off a of Heisman season. This was supposed to be the year that they, they, they got everything back on track after Pete Carroll. And – Ever since Pete Carroll, they just haven't been the same. So I don't know. Like it, it, it seems like there's more pressure there. I would also think like maybe I would imagine he has more resources there because it's USC and, and LA and the glitz and glamour and all this stuff. But it, it just seems like other than the fact that he produces some of the best quarterbacks um, coming out of college every year that are top draft picks, I, I don't know. 
if I, I, I feel like he's like, I think he's kind of fallen flat in terms of what the expectations were for him for sure. You, you want a hot one? I think, I think Ryan day is who Lincoln Riley was through four years at Oklahoma. He's made the playoffs, but hasn't won a national championship. He's had some success against your biggest rival, but not consistent. And, you know, Lincoln went 12 and two, 12 and two, 12 and two, nine and two. And then that last season went 10 and two. And that was, you could just feel, it's not that people at Oklahoma didn't like him, but you could just sense that the pressure was building to do something bigger than end up a two loss team. I think, I think that Ryan day is in about year four at Oklahoma of where, or sorry, he's where uh, Lincoln was going into that last year where after that fifth year, Lincoln said, Oh, I might want to go ahead and take the money and run. Everybody assumes that Ryan's going to get fired this next year. If he doesn't beat Michigan, he might beat Michigan, but lose in the playoffs. And that might grease the skids for him to kind of land another job to say, well, I beat Michigan and now I'm going to go out. Like I think Ryan day is now on a Lincoln Riley trajectory, which is why this year is so important to get not just a win against Michigan, but a win potentially a, a national championship win to just silence all the doubters. But I would still say, I think Ryan is above Lincoln. I think I agree. I, I do. I do agree. Sorry. I, I just be more firm about it, I guess. Um, I also like, I, here's the other thing. I like, I, I don't mean to just go back and use this as like the simple, I guess, explanation for why I think Ryan day is a good coach. I, I don't want to simplify it down to just like one game necessarily, but I, I do look back and see what Ryan day did in that Georgia game in the playoff last year. And like, I like that was one of the best games that Ryan days called in his career. And, and I just felt like he put up a better fight than I think we've seen Lincoln Riley teams do over the years. There was the one year they got boat raced by, by LSU. And I understand that LSU team. We all look back and say it might've been the greatest college football team ever. So I get that. Um, he did put up a fight against, um, in an orange bowl, I remember in 2018, he, he, it was like a 10 point game by the end against Bama, but even that, Wasn't and he that went the to Baker year. Oh, no, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was because 2018 is when Baker got drafted. Yeah. 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 And then 2017, they lost to Georgia in the Rose bowl and a game that went to double overtime, but that wasn't the same Georgia. Now, like I just want to know how he would do against some of these other top programs. And I think we kind of saw that this past year in the PAC 12, he got out coached by by Kalen DeBoer and in Washington boat race that uh, maybe not boat race them, but I remember it was a high scoring game, and then they lost to Oregon. Like I, I think that there's coaches who have proven that they've passed Lincoln Riley. I, I don't know that he is the. It, it's one of those he's not who we thought they were type things because I, I agree with you. Like he's he's what we here's what I think Ohio State fans think Ryan Day is at Ohio State right now. So I do think that I'm going to save the Sharon Moore one till the Michigan panic meter, which will be in the next segment. But I do think with Dan Lanning, I think it's a conversation. The reason why I would still take Ryan day over Dan Lanning is just the, the amount of success. And, yeah, and the fact that, the resumes, yeah. you know, Dan's been the head coach at Oregon for two years. I think he's going to make that one of the toughest teams to beat in the Big Ten. And I think Ohio State fans should start to fear Oregon because they're one of the few teams yeah. with the ponies to go up against you. That being said, he's 22-5 and five in two years. This was arguably his best team, and he lost to Washington twice. So I think Ryan, like, here's if the he reason gets, why. If he, if he builds a legitimate defense, 
Because that was always the knock in the Pac-12, right? Like they didn't play defense, whatever. If he builds a legitimate defense, I think like maybe that goes differently, and maybe there's there's we're, we're having a conversation here. I think you have to do that in the Big Ten. Like that's the difference. Um, so we'll find out about that. I, like if you were if you were putting like gun to my head today, if you asked me like who would you rather have, I might actually say Dan Lanning because I I just think like he's at the forefront of this movement and and he really gets it. Um, I think he'd buy into a lot of like the history between Ohio State and Michigan and all these different things, maybe more so than Ryan Day has, has kind of done. So I might take Dan Lenning like gun to my head right now, but that could also change, you know, next week. So I, I think it's pretty I, I just, close between quick, those two. I think you're crazy. I think you're absolutely right now, today, it could absolutely change this fall. But I think to say after everything Ryan's done, like, because you got to understand, it's not just about win loss record, it's about recruiting. It's about putting guys into the NFL. It is about, you know, being in a position to be in the playoffs, which Ryan has done half the time he's been a head coach. And albeit, you know, he's been to one national title game and he, he lost that Georgia game as well. But, like, he's had two of the four best teams in college football, two of the four years he's been the head coach. And I just think, like, recruiting, top-notch, putting dudes in the NFL, top-notch, three quarterbacks, top 15 picks in in uh, four years, like I or five years. I don't know what more you could ask from Ryan Day other than just beat Michigan and win a national championship. And nobody else, like nobody else has the resume or recruiting or putting dudes in the NFL. Like Fickle doesn't have it yet. Um, Dan Lanning doesn't have it yet. Hell, even Kalen DeBoer didn't have it yet. And I think Kalen's a freak of a coach. Lincoln's got some of that, but like a lot of that was at Oklahoma. So like, I just think like, I think it's okay for Ohio state fans to realize with Jim Harbaugh going off to the NFL. I think Ryan day is the toast of the town here. Even if we still have questions about him. I think that he should be. I mean, I definitely think going to next year, like without Jim Harbaugh with Jim Harbaugh out of the picture, he has to believe and he has to think and he has to prove that like he should be the guy proving that he is the, the best coach in this in this in this league. Like 100 percent He has no excuse anymore. He had this, he has this loaded roster for next year. You know, if if he loses to Dan Lanning next year, because I know Oregon's the one new team that's on the schedule for Ohio State next year, then yeah, maybe we're having a different conversation and we do change and we're changing the answer here. And and maybe you're coming my direction more saying Dan Lanning. I don't know. But I, I think. Yes, on paper or face value going into the next year, there's no reason to believe that Ryan Day shouldn't be at, at that level and be the the toast of the town, as you put it. I just like I, I think that given how the last couple of years have gone, he's gotta now sort of reaffirm that going into the next year. So with that, we did save one name. The name is Sharon Moore. He's the new head coach at Michigan. We're gonna have that debate next. Is Sharon Moore? Because he's beaten Ryan Day. Does that make him the better head coach than Ryan Day? The Michigan panic meter. And we'll wrap it up. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, guys. Now we have saved one name for this uh, this topic here, which is, uh, is Sharon Moore going to be considered a better head coach running in his first full year as Wolverines head coach than Ryan Day is? Before we get to that, it is time for us to get to our Michigan panic meter. And for any of those Michigan fans, as a reminder, 
It's not whether Michigan is panicking. We're we're judging our <laughs> although, own panic. Although this might be the week to change to it and it. say, is Michigan now panicking because they lost Jim Harbaugh? That'd be okay. interesting. But the problem is, are is the lightest level of panic maize or blue? And then is the heaviest level of panic maize or blue? I think the heaviest level of panic would have to be maize because that's more of like a bright like panic uh-huh. color. And it sort of incites anger inside you versus, well, I mean, it's maize and blue. Who, who likes those color schemes? Anyway, uh, versus the blue is more like, okay, it's subtle. It's it's a little more cool. See, I was I was thinking more like yellow is sunshine and it's bright and it's happy. And, and, <laughs> and blue is dark and it's moody. And it's so it's funny how we arrived at very opposite conclusions there. <laughs> But was the uh, remember that remember that thing a couple of years or not a couple of years ago like almost over a decade ago now the dress was it blue or was it black what what, yeah. what color did you see uh, I don't remember you know why uh, okay because it was five years ago and I can't <laughs> it was remember more than last that. Tuesday um, now when we get to my Michigan panic meter I am full gray I have no panic Jim Harbaugh is gone you've got the team of the century you've got the alleged thirteen million dollar team according to Lane Kiffin I mean. I don't have a care in the mother-loving world right now when it comes to Michigan. How about you, Spencer? Am I going to join Nick? I'm telling you, you damn dark, well better. If you're gray. still in any level of light gray, I will judge the shit out of you. I'm going to be in the dark gray. Let's Look go. At that. Look Let's at go. that. Finally. Yeah, I, I, I said on Tuesday, I promised. I said there was a couple things that would sway me into the, the full dark gray one of them was getting to the spring game and sort of getting a chance to see Will Howard in action with this with this offense, with this team. Um, the other thing was if Jim Harbaugh leaves. And I added that at the end because it kind of hit me like, you know what, by the time we do the next show, this might be a thing, and I might have to actually just go into the full gray. So, yeah, I'm there. Even though that sounds like I'm celebrating Jim Harbaugh leaving, I know that you, you don't like that, um, I'm in the full gray. So that brings us to Sharon Moore. And I, I will get to the Sharon Moore versus Ryan Day because I want to make fun of that in a minute. Here's what I can tell you. I think Michigan did the obvious thing to maintain yeah. continuity True. going yep. from Jim Har- Harbaugh to Sharon Moore. And I think Sharon Moore has a chance. But I think the difference in the two programs is what could be the difference in a successful handoff from Harbaugh to Sharon Moore and from Urban to Ryan Day. I think they're still going to be really good under Sharon Moore because they're, you know, returning a lot of that defense. I think um, whoever ends up being the quarterback is going to be an interesting player. But remember, they're still Probably replacing orgy. the head coach. They're, uh, they're full-blown orgy in, in Ann Arbor, as we all know. It, but you're going to be replacing getting, a defensive coordinator. and more orgy. Eh, nobody ever said no to more orgy, right? I've, every joke that I could make now is going to get me in trouble. So I just think, like, I think it's the right hire. I just would also say I don't think Michigan fans are looking at this and seeing the risk in it. And I do think there's a significant risk because as good as Michigan's been, they don't have the natural resources that Ohio State does. And I think that makes keeping it keeping it at this level well, – while handing a program off just a little bit tougher. Well, first of all, let me be the first to say, um, Shrow Moore kind of born on third base, no? 
I mean, he's he's taking over a program that just won a national championship. Uh, is it this sort of just history repeating itself? But now it's it's his turn. I, I think so. I got to say that to my buddy Jim Costa, who's uh, who's a, a Michigan guy at ninety seven, won the uh, the ticket in Detroit. And oh my God, he didn't like it. It was so awesome. <laughs> well, now was, I'm glad I said it because now we're gonna. Oh man, we're gonna get so many hateful comments now. Oh, oh this God. guy bringing up board on third base. Keep him in. Yeah, keep him in. Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it loud and clear for you. Sharon Moore has officially been born on third base, and frankly, he was born on third base when he coached that game against Ohio State back in November. He, yeah. I mean, he he was taking the reins of maybe the best Michigan team ever but if not at least everyone kept saying that jj mccarthy was the best michigan quarterback ever so i think there's a conversation there and the the, the first the, the first team to win a national championship in over 30 years like the guy clearly was given a golden ticket and now he's going to get to keep that golden ticket for longer because they're tr- they're segueing to him now as the head coach so yeah i think it's fair to say that he was born on third base just like i agreed that Ryan Day was born in third base and Urban Meyer took the program over looking back. So, well, and I, just what I want to say real quick, it's a lot easier to come in as an interim head coach where you're not the guy making every decision every moment of the day than when you are the guy. And again, this doesn't mean Sharon can't do it. All right. What he did beating Ohio State as an interim head coach four games into his interim career, because remember, he was one of the three first games he was an interim. And then obviously the last three game suspension, he was the interim the full time. But it's just a lot different when you not to go full Hugh Jackson. When when you move your ass 18 inches to the left and now you're at the, the, the head of the table, it's a completely different thing. So. I think Michigan fans are taking for granted that Sharon's just going to step in. I I think it's going to be a really difficult transition. I think there's a lot of turnover at Michigan. Yeah. I think he can do it, but like I don't I'll I'll be interested to see how long the good graces of that national title last. Whether that, you know, I I'll, I'll be interested to see that reaction when he loses this November. To, to Ryan Day, I'll be interested to see if you know what the reaction is if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, and then going into year two, like because it's not Harbaugh as the head coach. When you have a head coach that's won a national championship, your championship afterglow is two to three seasons after, unless they're just a complete jabroni like Ed Ogeron. <laughs> like Jim Harbaugh could have coasted another ten years off one championship yeah. at Michigan. When you're the guy who was his offensive coordinator, who had a part in it, but maybe you were still just a guy in the co- you know, cog in the machine, the patience isn't going to be anywhere near. And now the bar is win national championships and beat Ohio State. So anything yeah. that is under that bar, if you go back to winning 10 games a year, which was the previous standard under Jim Harbaugh and the high water mark with uh, with Rich Rod and I, I think Brady Hoke, okay, good luck. Like, good luck, because that you're going to go from the anointed one to why aren't you winning national championships inside three years, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's history repeating itself, only reverse, because Ryan Day was the same thing, right? Like, he was taking over the program from Urban Meyer, who won a national championship and uh, was constantly beating Michigan and all these different things. And so that's why, to your point, Ohio State fans have treated the last three years like it's been a 20-year like losing streak to Michigan, because – they haven't been used to this and they've only seen wins against Michigan for quite some time. 
And it's, it's, you know, it, it's not as easy once you're the guy at the top calling all the shots. So I, I think you're hundred percent right. There will be some growing pains. I think for Sharon Moore. I don't think it's going to be so easy. You can give him credit. And I, I do want to give him some credit because I know like Zach Zinter, uh, the offensive lineman for Michigan who got hurt in the Ohio state game. He mentioned that, you know, it was an easy segue to, he called him, I think Papa Moore. And I like, clearly he has a nice rapport with some of the guys in that locker room. And it seems like the team wanted it that way. Um, I give him credit for building a really good offensive line consistently because that team's always had a good offensive line. It seems like the last three years that they've been in contention. And I think that he seems to at least have some relationships that are important. I also think too, to your point on sort of doing the sort of path of least resistance here, you're sort of late in the hiring cycle at this point. And I don't know if it made sense from, because I don't know if it made sense for Michigan to like really shake things up and bring somebody else in here. Who's going to like change the culture uh, immensely for a team that just won a national championship. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of want to keep some of that in place and you kind of don't want to ruffle all the feathers. Um, Obviously, no matter what, there was going to be a 30 day window where you could transfer. That always happens when a coach leaves, but at least this way it sort of smooths things over where it's like less guys are probably more inept to leaving because they're like, well, it's still Sharon Moore. It's going to be a similar culture, all these different things rather than a completely new coach comes in and he's like, we're doing this thing my way. If you don't want like, 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 uh, like, uh, Dion showing up and he's like, ah, I'm coming, I'm bringing my bags and they're Louie. Like it's, it's, it's different. So I can understand why they chose this route, but I think you're right. Like it's, it's not just going to be as cut and dry as people, especially Michigan fans might think it's going to be. Um, yeah. And I, I, so I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see, and listen, we can, he can, he can have credit for beating Ryan day this year in that game specifically. But I also just think, that team at that point was already accustomed to not having Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. Like it, it kind of proved that they were just, they were, I don't want to say like completely bulletproof, but the fact that they go win national championship, given all the adversity that they had, it was just a really good team. So, and, and, and Ryan day had a team that was probably in a down cycle in terms of his offensive talent, not all of it, but especially a quarterback and offensive line. So he gets that back on track. Like I have no reason to believe that Ryan day won't get back to beating Sharon Moore and that Sharon Moore is going to have to go through some of those growing pains too. I do want to see because that uh, transfer portal opens up. I am curious if any uh, Wolverines players go in it that, that had not previously gone in it. Uh, just even one or two guys would be interesting, but all this being said, I think there are a lot of Ohio state or the Michigan fans flexing. Well, we got Sharon Moore. Well, he just beat Ohio state. And I'll tell you this right now, Sharon Moore has to prove he's the better head coach than Ryan Day. And you don't do that as an interim coach. Interim coaches, it means nothing. Now becomes the time that he, he sculpts us into the image of Sharon more Moore. Yeah. And so for all, there's a lot of Michigan fans, and rightfully so. They won the natty. Like they're, they're so, going to rest on their laurels. They're going to sit on their throne. Good luck with that and see so, where it goes. We'll talk in a year's time. Well, yeah, and I, I and I again, I keep saying history repeating itself, but I think the Ohio State fans probably felt similarly when Ryan Day took over. There's probably some questions I think from Ohio State fans like, is this really the answer? But once you got that first recruiting class coming in and you barely missed a beat, it was like, oh, okay, got he's just going to keep it rolling. That's what we thought. Um, and obviously, that first year he was on the job, he beat Michigan, so it was like, okay, cool. Um, but I, so I guess my question and all this, you mentioned it not really mattering when you're an interim, and I agree. Like, there's a lot more pressures that come with it. There's a lot more things on your mind. There's a lot more things to deal with. It's 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 different when you're the the guy. How much credit does he get then for beating 
Ohio State. Because that's the, the the other thing people are forgetting is like they they, they probably I don't know if people think this, but it's not like Sharon Moore was just on his own coming up with the game plans. Like during yeah, that Jim suspension, Jim Harbaugh week, still yeah. coached the team. Like they knew what they were doing going in. Now he had to make critical decisions when that game got tight in certain spots. And yeah, he deserves some credit for that. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, he schemed up the game and he knew everything that was going to happen. And um, you know, he he had all the answers. Like I, I I can't give him credit for all that. Does anybody really think Sharon Moore didn't know what the right decisions were? Come on. Like those decisions were probably, I mean, there was probably a lot of prep about here's how I want the game to go. Here's how I think we have to win. So no, he didn't get any credit. He'll get credit when it's his team and he beats him. And if that happens in November, there might be a different coach across the sidelines. But if he loses, all oh, the pressure is going to start real quick there. So uh, send in your responses. I just, just want to know after he gets his first win, is he going to, <laughs> that's, for you, that's for you jim this I is miss for you. me, this one's you, for me. uh you know, <laughs> i think it was so hard take it over this one's for me um <laughs> oh cry baby sharon uh, that dude would whoop my ass well, I'm, oh, I'm oh, wait. A we, we didn't even bring that up though we didn't even like that that's gonna haunt him now forever like you talk about pressures of like taking over this job everywhere he goes like if he doesn't win it's just going to be endless memes of him crying on social media and everyone's going to send them to him and his phone. Oh my God. He's, he's right never going to live that down ever. He's never going to live it down. Game days in Columbus next year. I better see countless avatars of him crying. Yeah. Oh my God. That would just be beautiful. All uh-huh. right, guys, get out of the show. At Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore on the social medias. Continue to follow the show. If you don't follow the show, follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher doesn't exist anymore, but if it did, you could follow us there. Um, of course, Odyssey, the free Odyssey app, and of course, 92.3 The Fan's YouTube channel and 923thefan.com. We are sons of the shoe. We'll be back next week with the latest on this rivalry, the latest on Michigan moving on from Jim Harbaugh, the latest in Ohio State. Could we have another coach hiring? Could we have another name in the transfer portal? You'll have to find out. Until then, guys, peace. Go Bucks.